The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. So this is the first episode of 2021. Woohoo! Doesn't it feel like 2020 was just a blur? I guess not if you're a healthcare worker on the front lines or a first responder or in the military, in which case you put your own life on the line to save others. I can't think of a more noble or admirable act than that. Also farmers, truck drivers, grocery clerks, restaurant workers, teachers, pretty much everyone that keeps our society going. Max respect to them. And the pandemic is shining a light on how important these jobs really are. And hopefully we're on the other side of this pandemic, but um, who knows when we'll be back to some sense of normalcy. Some say the summer, but who knows. But anyway, uh, so typically um, in the first couple weeks of the new year, I see lots of posts and ads for weight loss and, you know, why why you haven't stuck to your New, new Year's resolutions in the past and what you can do this year to change that. I have no qualifications here, but I can share with you why I think I can, or can, as the case may be, stick to my resolutions, especially exercising and losing weight. And for me, I don't think it's a lack of motivation or discipline. After all, I work a day job. On top of that, I run this podcast, as well as work on the My Stress Alarm app. So I'd say I'm I'm pretty disciplined, you know, pretty motivated. I keep myself busy. Um And I've never been a procrastinator. I usually take the bull by the horns. But if a lack of motivation or or procrastination is your issue, then I highly recommend a book by B.J. Fogg called Tiny Habits, The Small Changes That Change Everything. It's based on 20 plus years of research into human behavior and how we actually form habits. And it's the same process, by the way, for forming good and bad habits. By the way, I have no affiliation to this book, but he goes through all the various reasons why motivation is unreliable in terms of making lifestyle changes. It's very interesting, Um, and it's more than just a book. It's a manual. There are uh, many templates in, in, in the book for habits that people... Uh, typically find challenging to stick to. So a lot of the work's already done for you. Um, And then there are additional online support tools mentioned in the book as well. So let's say you do pick up a good habit in the new year and stick to it. Good for you. But there's only 24 hours in a day, right? So when you start something new, obviously you have to do less of something else. A good analogy or or metaphor would be the law of conservation of energy, which states that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only change form. I think the same thing could be said for time management. There's always 24 hours a day. You can't shorten or lengthen that. You can only change how you spend that time. So 
whether your new habit is meditating 10 minutes in the morning or doing a 15-minute quick, efficient total body workout or taking extra time to cook your meals from scratch because it's much better for you than eating processed foods, whatever it is, that's time you have to take away from something else. Now, sometimes you don't really have to overthink it because whatever you gave up doing was probably less important anyway. And so everything just kind of falls into place. That does happen. But more times than not, at least with me, but many others as well, if we don't consciously plan for what we're going to give up time-wise, nine times out of 10, it's our sleep that ends up taking the hit, either waking up earlier or going to bed later or both. So this is where the sustainability planning specifically the task inventory and trade-off plan, comes in handy that I discussed in episodes 9 and 10, Beyond Chronic Stress Monitoring. And I was going to automate that functionality in the My Stress Alarm app, but decided to hold off because the chronic stress monitoring piece badly needs a makeover, um, including converting it into an app that you can download from the App Store and also get reminders and notifications Um, And it's going to be more interactive, and it's also going to provide more information earlier in the process. Uh, Basically, we're improving the user experience tenfold. So I'm very excited, um, and I'm working on that right now. But you can do the task inventory and the trade-off plan on a piece of paper or type it into a Word doc or whatever. Uh, Just go back and listen to episodes 9 and 10, and it's really not that hard and totally beneficial to do, in my humble opinion. And generally, you want to look for things that don't feel like you're making much of a sacrifice. Low-hanging fruit, things that you you do that don't make sense doing anymore, or not as much, and that you can cut out of your routine. Also, looking for ways to be more efficient with your tasks, uh, or outsourcing certain things if it makes sense to do that. But getting back to why it might be hard to stick to exercising goals or losing weight. Again, I don't think it's a lack of motivation or discipline for me personally. For me, I think it's more about priorities. I think I just don't prioritize health over other things, namely my life goals. Now, I know that may sound weird or counterintuitive or self-destructive even, that I would prioritize other things over my health. But that's just what you're doing by taking calculated risks. And this gets into a philosophical discussion. And I've brought this up before. Uh, but should every decision you make be based on how healthy it is for you? I mean, what, what are you being healthy for? Or better yet, what are you living for? What is your purpose in life? Is it really never okay to take health risks uh, in an attempt to achieve a life goal? Should all NFL players quit and get desk jobs because they're much less likely to get a concussion or other lifelong injury? Should people waiting in line right now to climb Mount Everest, are are they just not being health conscious? After all, hundreds of people have died on Mount Everest, unfortunately, uh, from falls, heart attacks, altitude sickness, avalanches, exposure to the cold. It's no picnic trying to climb that mountain. Uh, And the death rate has actually gone up in recent years. Or how about something we do every day, like getting into a car? Uh, There are over 30,000 deaths a year, unfortunately, again, uh, just here in the U.S. 
from car accidents and even more with severe injuries. Um, Even working out, something we do because it's good for our health, has its health risks. There's a reason gyms make you sign a waiver. So there are all kinds of examples of how we take calculated risks with our health. Now, working hard behind a desk or otherwise pushing hard towards your business, career, or other goals is another example, just as real as the other risks I've mentioned, um, but maybe a little less obvious because, well, for one, it's intangible, right? We're talking about chronic stress. Uh, And we're also talking about health issues that generally develop over longer periods of time. So the idea of monitoring your chronic stress and taking calculated risks with your health has been criticized by some who say, well, what if you don't have any wiggle room in your schedule? You know, you're stuck. So monitoring your stress doesn't really help. And my response to that is, first, putting aside the fact that journaling is in and of itself therapeutic and something that will make you feel better just by the mere fact that you're doing it, I can tell you that simply having the ability to anticipate a flare can help as well. So there's that. But here's the thing. If you can make time to see the doctor and rest after you flare, you can probably change things up a bit before you flare, especially since you know it's less disruptive and less painful usually to avoid a flare than to go through one, right? And there's a bunch of ways that I suggest in episode three what to do when approaching your threshold. So I won't repeat all that here, but that's a really good episode to listen to if you haven't already or to listen to again. And there are times when it might make sense to take a little more risk in order to achieve a goal. It's a personal choice, of course. It's a judgment call. There's no right or wrong answer. But some tasks are more involved and consuming and require deep thought and concentration. Uh, And it's just more productive and efficient to push through those types of tasks so you don't lose your train of thought rather than stop on a dime just so you can get to bed at some specific time. So sometimes it just makes sense to push a little harder, but then once you've completed that task, you should pull back immediately and relax more in the following few days. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year and wishing you and yours a very healthy and successful New Year. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try MyStressAlarm.com today. It's free for a limited time, there's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's MyStressAlarm.com. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in, and if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, stress less to be your best.